Good afternoon. Welcome to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm glad you're here with me on a another nice Chico afternoon. Tax season's finally over. I'm sort of relaxing. I slept in and it was a catch-up for the sleep when you're finishing as many taxes as you can. I will say this year was just the most hectic year mainly because I had some personnel changes and that's always it's just difficult to get the ball rolling with uh, new people it went fairly well but I've got to say I I do have more extensions than usual and I'm going to really dig in the next couple of weeks because whenever I have an extension that was done because I needed to extend it and I the client didn't really want to. Those are the ones I put in my first to-do stack, and that's what I'm going to start on beginning tomorrow. Today's my day off, but it's business buzz day, and I was glad to be able to spend part of my day with you. I hope you're doing well. One of the major themes of this tax season was the fire victims trust for the PG&E fire lawsuit on the campfire victims did start paying in 2021. So we, this was the first tax season where I actually had to do that type of work for people who received settlement money. There's a lot of questions about the whole thing since 2018 when the fire occurred There's a lot of things that were optional back then, but now that time has gone by, you lose a lot of choices the longer the time goes by, obviously. And one of the things is the people who got their insurance money right away, like people who had the good insurance company, I won't mention any names, but there's one company who paid fast and big. There may be more than one, but I know there's a, there's quite a few who didn't pay well, and a lot of my clients suffered with fighting their own insurance company for months after the fire. They didn't get treated very well. But one company in particular, and probably a couple others, did treat their customers well. And the the fire victims who had good insurance, honestly, a lot of them have said, you know, I've never had this much money. This is actually kind of nice once they got over the the loss of their home and the loss of their belongings, which is, of course, I don't know what that's like. It's never happened to me. But I'm sure having a million dollars cash makes you a little, (laughs) makes you feel a little better after that. Some of the victims that I've met during tax season, some of them were not homeowners. They were renters and they didn't have any insurance. So they're the ones getting some decent fire money, uh, fire settlement money that's based on personal property. It's kind of all over the board the way the fire victims that I've worked with this tax season have received their paperwork when they receive their money. One or two of them have had a very good detailed accounting of exactly what percentage the money is for. For instance, a certain amount for personal property, a certain amount for uh, 
pain and suffering, or they call it different things, but I call it pain and suffering, or uh, I call it mental damage. Uh, you might call it PTSD or whatever, but that's a big part of these settlements. But if you can get a settlement directly related to personal property, now now you're dealing with more of a gain situation versus income. In other words, you can actually act like you have proceeds from a sale of your personal property. And the way the IRS treats insurance settlements, which this is very, very close to being an insurance settlement. Uh, don't quote me on that. This is not financial advice. Don't rely on anything I say on the radio because I'm just kind of winging it. Uh, if you really need detailed help, you'd have to come sit and talk with me or another uh, tax professional that can actually look at your individual situation. But generally, the personal property is not going to be taxable because they're not going to make you list everything that got lost in the fire uh, when it's your personal property. But that's the way it works with insurance proceeds anyway, and that makes it very easy for the personal property side of that to be dealt with. The mental and the PTSD and the loss of community and those type of things, those are taxable. Physical injuries and that part of the settlement, if you actually were physically injured in the fire, that part would be non-taxable. That's the part that the law is very clear that personal uh, uh, physical injury awards are not taxable. It's a very complicated subject. One of the other subjects is for people who lost property in the fire, especially real estate, how long do you have to not, in other words, if the amount, if the amount you got from your insurance when you're, let's say you had a rental home, if the amount you had from the insurance when your rental home burned is higher than the basis of your rental home, which it was for most of the people I saw, that means you have a gain as if you sold it. The twist in the law is Section 1033 allows you a certain period of time after the gain occurred to replace the property with property of similar use. Not tax advice over the radio, even though I'm a CPA. It's, there's too many twists and turns. Every case that I've worked with on the fire has been a little different. And there's just never, there's never one rule that fits all of this. But the general rule was if you had a gain from the proceeds after the fire, you either pay tax on that gain or you tell the IRS that you're going to replace it. The problem comes where you told them you were going to replace it, but you don't. Then you have to go back and amend the return and act like you didn't replace, and then you got to pay the tax later with interest. I don't think that type of amendment would be a penalty would be involving penalties, but you never know. Uh, half my days are just fighting 
fighting IRS penalties, people that I don't think they deserve. Sometimes they deserve it, but a lot of times they don't. And I spend quite a bit of time. Of course, I don't, that's definitely not a profit center at my business. It's, it's the biggest time waster I've got, but I just have to do it when, when I, when I see an unfair penalty uh, and it was for $500 for somebody who doesn't have that much money, I'll spend time to fight it, even though I'm not going to get that time back. Honestly, if someone, if someone needed that kind of help in like Silicon Valley, they'd pay $500 just to have the CPA start a file. I've seen some invoices from San Jose CPAs this year, and I was shocked. But then again, if I had to pay $2 million for a small house, I'd probably have to charge fees like that also. That's sort of how it works. So the basic rule is you have two years from the end of the year where the gain occurred to replace rental property. The problem for some people is they receive their money in 2018. That means the clock started running on the replacement period for Section 1033. The clock started running for two years from 2018. So they only had till the end of 2020 to replace. That was the part that got people because the, the rumors flying around since then, which I've heard, I've overheard quite a few times. People have told me that was their understanding is the thing about four years. Now, four years from the end of 2018, obviously, is 2022. So the problem is the four-year rule is only for the replacement of a principal residence. If you have a principal residence destroyed in a fire, you have four years. If the fire was occurred in a presidentially declared disaster, which the campfire was, a residence replacement had four years. And if you got your insurance money in 2019, that means you would have until 2023 on the four-year rule. The issue on residence sales is that most residence, quote, sales, which a fire turns out to be like a sale if you don't replace, most residence sales are already tax-free. Jointly owned homes that qualify as a principal residence. And if you need all the details, you'll have to actually talk to a professional. I can't give you tax advice over the radio, but if you qualify your house as a principal residence, you can sell it for a gain of up to $500,000 if it's a jointly owned home between spouses or $250,000 gain for a single person. Most of the clients that I dealt with that did have a gain from the insurance money when their house burned in paradise, when their residence burned, most of them just were able, if they didn't go replace fairly soon, they just treated it as a sale of residence and it was not taxable due to the 250 and the 500 rule, which worked out well because it was just simpler. They didn't have to do a bunch of replacing. If you did lose a residence in the fire and you got big proceeds from insurance and you haven't replaced yet, you should have until the end of 2022, but 
That's only for a residence. If you had a rental, even if you didn't receive, now some of the other, some of the other clients had rentals and they didn't receive the gain money. That's the trigger is the gain. And so if they receive their money in 2019 for rentals, it's a two-year rule. So they had till the end of 21 to replace. This is very complicated and you definitely need the help of a tax professional. The bottom line is that most of this settlement income from the fire settlement is taxable. And my goal is to always look for parts of it that aren't. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'll be right back on Business Buzz. Thank you for listening. Henry Ford, the original titan of the automobile industry, believed in progress, innovation, and dramatic change. His Model T revolutionized American culture. But after 15 years of being the only car on the road, changes had to be made. The Model T just wasn't equipped to handle the new, faster-moving, paved roads. So how did this revolutionary man handle it when they tried to change the Model T? He looked at the shiny new red prototype and began attacking it. Ripping it apart with his bare hands. That's what Henry Ford thought of change. We all have a little bit of Henry Ford in us. We get fixated on something we like and we strongly oppose change. But accepting change is a healthy part of life. But like Henry Ford, we tend to want to tear apart anything that tries to change what we've grown to feel comfortable with. Some basic life principles should never change, but other things should change. We can embrace it and move ahead, or we can attack it. The roads of life are always changing. We need to change to keep up or get left behind in the dust. This is Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM. I don't know any passage in the Bible that's more convicting than this. Do you love people like you do yourself? Be willing to take care of them like you take care of yourself. Powerful. David Hockey shares more about the greatest commandment this week on Hope for Today. Tune in for Hope for Today weekdays at 8 a.m. here on KKXX. When life hits us hard, we begin asking hard questions, and we need real answers. Suddenly, the laughter of the sitcom seems so shallow, and sappy love songs offer no real hope or direction. But piercing through the static of entertainment comes a glimpse of clarity. Here we are, a radio station with answers. Most entertainment helps you escape reality. We help you face it with hope, peace, and answers that come from God. Lock it in here for real life answers. You are listening to Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry, I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Do you know why policemen have guns and badges? Because the government has a duty to protect the lives of innocent human beings. That's what the right to life is. When Roe v. Wade came down, it was much more than about babies. The suspension of the right to life means we're all at risk. Find out more on Life Matters. Listen Saturdays at 6 on KKXX.
Welcome back to Business Buzz. This is Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Glad you have a chance to spend part of your afternoon with me. It's a nice breezy day. I do like springtime. It's a nice season in Northern California. Still getting a little rain lately, which is good. Hopefully we'll get some more. But a little less wind would be okay. A lot of people have mentioned they have allergy issues. I I think I've had allergies ever since I moved back to Chico in the late 80s. But I never went to the doctor for it. I, If you're a business buzz regular, you know that I don't go to the doctor unless I absolutely have to. And now since the since the whole pandemic has occurred, I go even less. I really don't want to be anywhere near those those guys. I'm sure there's some good ones. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not blanket accusing anybody of anything, but in general, I've pretty much lost faith in the medical establishment in the last two years. I know there's still a lot of good people doing that work, but as a group, they did not do a good job. And I'm not a doctor, and I don't play one on television, but I would like to. I think that'd be fun. I could be Harold Welby, MD. I could have an assistant that rides a motorcycle. I could help everybody that I see. I wouldn't be greedy. I wouldn't be in it for the money. Uh, that would be, that would be great. <laughs> what kind of world are we living in? Hmm. That's interesting. But that would be fun. In fact, my brother became a, an MD and a surgeon, and I think he decided he wanted to be one ever since he watched Marcus Welby, which had James Brolin as the cool young doctor riding a motorcycle. He was like the sidekick part of that. And uh, I think that's where my brother decided from that point on to be a doctor. And he was he was one of those guys, unlike me, who was pretty much laser focused when he when he had a when he you know, like for his schooling and his homework, uh, he never really wavered at doing all the homework. He's that's where him and I part ways. I I mean I got my accounting degree, I got my law degree, but I was not I was definitely not a t- the top student. I did not have the 4.0 GPA. I just wasn't it didn't it didn't matter to me and a lot of people at that age of high school and college if they're too far that way where they just don't really care. I, I put myself sort of in the middle. I think there's, well, my brother always managed to have fun also. I mean, he was, he used to be a skier and he partied a bit and he was, he was a fun guy. He would have fun. But when it was, you know, Monday through Friday homework time, he was laser focused, which is really good. But I would put him toward the high end of that scale. I would put myself in the middle of the scale. I knew I wanted to get a good college degree. I had good high school grades, but I wasn't a 4.0 guy. These days, I can see that almost everybody is a 4.0, and they have to now they have to do these AP courses to be where you get a 5.0 for some courses. So they need to differentiate the 
the real high achievers end up with a 4.4 GPA, which it was mathematically impossible when I was young to get over 4.0, but now they do. So I was like a 3.0 kind of guy in high school. I was a 3.0 guy in college. I was a 3.0 guy in law school. But none of my diplomas, it's really interesting, none of my diplomas show my grades. <laughs> That's kind of the way I look at it. They don't show the grades. The attorneys you go see, they don't show the, the bar exam score on their on their sheepskin. They just uh, say they're, they're an attorney. I place myself in the middle of that range. That's the way I... Figured and it worked out fine. I I have no problem. I'm too old to go back to school. There's lots of things I'd like to learn. I watch YouTube a lot to learn things about fun fun stuff like photography and well these days of course photography is mainly being a computer engineer to figure out Lightroom and Photoshop. I do enjoy that, but I'm not going to go back to school. I do pay people occasionally online to help me and they'll walk me through all the things I want to do and that's a real convenient way to go there's some really knowledgeable people out there they really know a lot and an hour of their time is is affordable there's a lot of them that I've met I've met one guy that's great and he you know still only charges maybe forty dollars an hour and he can walk you through anything you want to do on Photoshop or Lightroom or he even helped me with ringtones on my cell phone of how to get that how to get that figured out. Well, I'm sort of rambling today. It's my first day since my major push of trying to get my work done. I didn't get it all done this tax season. I've got quite a few extensions, but I'm definitely going to be doing a lot of taxes every day between now, especially between now and May 15. The real secret to extensions is if you owe money, the penalty is very minor, but it does increase every month. If I have somebody that I know owes, let's just say I know someone owes $5,000, but they couldn't, uh, I couldn't get a hold of them. They couldn't make the payment in time. They brought their stuff in too late. Uh, it's interesting because as long as they have an extension, the penalty for not paying it by the 18th of April this year is only going to end up being $25 because it's one half of 1%. 1% of 5,000 is 50 and one half of that is 25. That's really not a big deal these days. That's one ounce of silver. It's not a big deal these days for the convenience of having another couple weeks to get the tax done right. And I'm pretty much guarantee that if I have a two weeks to get it done without a bunch of headaches and hurrying, I'll find him at least $25 of tax savings. I almost can guarantee that. I really shouldn't say I can guarantee anything like that. I'll be right back on Business Buzz. Stay tuned. This is Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I thank you for listening. It's a bright new day. The sun is shining. The 
birds are singing, and there's never been a better day to try Mount Shasta spring water. Hi, I'm Bob the Drop. I come from a protected spring at the base of Mount Shasta. I'm bottled at the source. It doesn't get more cool and refreshing than that, and it's delivered right to your door. Yep, pure and simple. Naturally, the best. Start your bright new day by calling 1-800-922-6227 to order some of the best-tasting water on the planet. Mount Shasta spring water. Just for a moment, consider how much you pay each month for cable or satellite, video rentals, or for a movie in the theater each month. Or how about each year? Let's be honest. How often do any of these really have positive messages? Now consider that we as a station bring you positive entertainment, encouragement, and ministry 24-7. What is that worth to you? If every listener gave just a few dollars to our program, our ministry would grow exponentially. We would like to thank all of our listeners for financially supporting our teaching and talk program. Tell your friends about Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM. Nothing hurts my mom, but she showed anyway. She'd always say, you do what you need to do to take care of yourself. But she thought that meant she had to do it on her own. We were trained to help others, but there's strength in finding help for yourself too. We're in this together. The VA Women Veterans Call Center connects veterans with personalized information on VA services that can make a difference. Call 1-855-VA-WOMEN or visit www.womenshealth.va.gov. When life hits us hard, we begin asking hard questions, and we need real answers. Suddenly, the laughter of the sitcom seems so shallow, and sappy love songs offer no real hope or direction. But piercing through the static of entertainment comes a glimpse of clarity. Here we are, a radio station with answers. Most entertainment helps you escape reality. We help you face it with hope, peace, and answers that come from God. Lock it in here for Real Life Answers. You are listening to Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Happy to be done with another tax season. That's about my... Th- let me let me count here. I, I got to do the math. Well, I'm supposed to be able to do math. Just the day after tax season ends, I really don't want to want to think about another number. But that was my 43rd tax season. That I've worked on a regular basis. I be, I began my tax season work in 1980 after I got my accounting degree from Cal State Chico. My dad was a PA. I've explained that before. Uh, he wasn't a CPA. He was a PA. Uh, after World War II, they allowed veterans to become PAs without taking the CPA exam. He still had to do all the continuing ed. He was honestly, and I've got clients today that are uh, sons and relative grandchildren of my dad's clients that I've been working with for over 40 years. And to this day, they still say he was the best and he really was good. He got out of the, he, he went into the army, like through the ROTC. He was just... He was just 17 
when he graduated from high school, and that would have been in 1944 when the war was still on, the big one, WW2. He joined up as a young ROTC guy, so he really wasn't a soldier in the war, but I think he went into some kind of training. When he turned 18, the war was right around the time it was ending, and he told me that he never would have made it if Truman hadn't have dropped the bomb because they had him slated to be a intelligence reconnaissance guy in Japan if the war was still going on. My dad was not, I mean, he was a cool guy and fun and funny guy and nice guy, hard worker, but he was not what you'd call a macho guy at all. And he was saying he never would have made it if they had to send him over to the jungles of Japan to, you know, sneak up on Japanese soldiers. And that, that was not his cup of tea. That never would have worked. So I have a lot of, I have a lot of anti-war feelings in general. And it's not because, it's not because fighting in a war is not the right thing to do. But in my opinion, fighting in a war that you have not clearly researched and you don't clearly know that it's the right thing to do, that I disagree with. When you look back, if you decide you ever want to do that, there's books similar to one of them is called Trading with the Enemy. I can't remember the author's name, but if you look up Trading with the Enemy, I'm sure there's a bunch of used copies on eBay. You can see the author that way. Once you read a book like that, you'll never think of joining up again in the same way. I know a lot of people joined up after 9-11 thinking that we had been attacked by foreign governments or something. But if you do some research, you'll find that we were not attacked by foreign governments. If we were, it's uh, it was definitely in conjunction with our own government. I won't get into the whole 9-11 thing. It's sort of like I almost lost a friend discussing the moon landing. I am... 99.9% convinced there is no way the computers in the 1960s ever ever landed men on the moon. I'm just, that's just my opinion. I don't really care what other people think. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. And anyway, these days, conspiracy theorists are turning out to be right a year later on almost everything, which is kind of cool. Uh, I've been a I've been a cons- I've been labeled a conspiracy theorist since I was about. I told you before I started once I started reading about JFK's assassination I sort of got into that as a hobby to read and I've been basically labeled a conspiracy theorist my most of my whole adult life or at least since I was about 25 and I'm kind of happy because now we're finding out in various places you can look around you You have the show I did a couple of weeks back where I listed for you all the places to go read and listen to alternative news. It turns out that the conspiracy theorists like me have been right. 
and we're getting proven right all the time lately. It's just pretty incredible. So after 25, uh, after 35 years of being, I mean, I don't get, I didn't get, you know, I didn't get punished or ostracized, but I was labeled and I always felt kind of proud of it. One of my father's friends called me Lyndon LaRouche. (laughs) To me, that's a badge of honor. I have no problem with being called Lyndon LaRouche. If you don't know who Lyndon LaRouche is, you should look up some of his things. He's got some awesome books. I think he died a few years ago in his, in his nineties. He was pretty old, but his, his place continues on. I can't remember the guy's name, but their place continues on. So if you want to search for Lyndon LaRouche, and I would recommend using Brave browser. I'm starting to read quite a few negative things about DuckDuckGo, which was my browser of choice for a while. I'm starting to use Brave instead after after reading some of the things about DuckDuckGo. I've already told you why I don't use Google. Well, Google's good if you're, you know, if you're looking like for a local restaurant or a, an airline ticket, uh, Google's fine. But if you're looking for, well, let's call it medical information, uh, political information, election information, uh, electronic voting machine information, uh, definitely don't bother using Google. You might as well just turn on your CNN. Same difference. Why do I always end up on the same two or three subjects? Sorry. It's just, that's the way my mind ends up. I basically just end up, it's like a, it's like a, putting a ball bearing in a funnel. It's going to end up at the bottom. And that's just, that's just the way I am. Well, I appreciate you joining me here on Business Buzz. I'll be back in one minute or two. Thanks for listening. With home mortgage rates still near historic lows, now is a great time to buy or refinance. Michael Humes is your one-stop mortgage lender. Michael Humes and his knowledgeable staff are well-versed in a wide variety of loan types, including FHA, Fannie Mae, USDA, HomePath, and HARP. For a free evaluation of your mortgage needs, call him, 530-624-7942. That's 530-624-7942. Be sure to listen to Michael's Mortgage Market Update every Wednesday at 2.30 on Your Home Today. This is Michael Humes, mortgage specialist at Network Mortgage, located at 155 East 3rd Avenue. Then I'm a lost license, 230273. BRE license, 01250862. Employed by Network Mortgage, BRE license, 01840139. And a lost license, 358237. Equal housing opportunity. From the Pacific Justice Institute, this is The Legal Edge. Defending your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. Here's Brad Vegas. Pacific Justice Institute recently filed suit against California's West Contra Unified School District after the district was attempting to enforce a COVID-19 vaccine mandate on students. In California, school districts have no authority to create their own vaccine mandates. After being initially defiant, the school district backed down in the face of our lawsuit. In addition, PJI will continue to battle against a bill 
now pending in the legislature to mandate COVID-19 vaccinations in schools statewide. PJI provides legal representation without charge. Get exclusive email updates by registering for The Legal Insider at pji.org. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. The Bible, our foundation. This is Ken Ham, CEO of the Noah's Ark Attraction, the Ark Encounter, south of Cincinnati. What's your foundation? Okay, what do I mean by that? Well, we all have an ultimate authority, something we base our thinking on and interpret the world through. For many people, that standard is themselves, their own wisdom or feelings. But we can't trust our simple hearts. They'll quickly lead us astray. Instead, we must start our thinking with the ultimate authority, the Word of God. God's perfect, flawless, unchanging Word should be our starting point. That means we build our worldview from God's Word and we test our own thoughts, opinions and feelings against God's Word to see if they're right or wrong. We're not the authority. God is. Plan your visit to the Ark Encounter when you go to our website at AnswersRadio.com. Travel here to tour the life-size Ark, visit the zoo and more. Go to AnswersRadio.com. Be sure to listen to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries, Monday through Fridays at 10 a.m. on Life Radio, KKXX, AM 930 and FM 104.5. Weekdays at 10 a.m. and Saturday morning at 8 here on KKXX. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. America, bless God. Fellow Americans, your hearing this admonition establishes that you are one who cares for the America that has been so blessed by Almighty God. We implore you to embrace the laws of nature and of nature's God, to read and know the Constitution. Join with other moral and religious people and organizations to foster the blessings of liberty for ourselves and our posterity. America, bless God. God has abundantly blessed America. Our founding fathers knew and understood the laws of nature and of nature's God that prosper a people in harmony with them. Most assuredly, people that seek first God's ways of universal righteousness, spiritual prosperity, create the environment of peace, harmony, and blessing that naturally pave the way to material prosperity. America, bless God. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. At the end of another tax season, my 43rd. They are a lot better since they started this e-filing thing. That's really made things nice. E-filing's good. I'm not super automated, but I'm probably 70% super automated. 
we have to give a copy of the tax return to every person who pays us to do it. And I do know that in the Bay Area, they just give them a little zip drive with their file on it. They don't even print paper anymore at a lot of those offices down there. And I think we'll get to that point here at some point. I probably will. As my client base gets younger and the non-computer types get less and less, which will happen over time, as long as I hang in there long enough, I'll probably get to the point of not even printing that main copy I give to the client. I've already gotten to the point of not printing a copy for myself. That, that's been about 10, 10 years since I, I used to print copies for myself, had a file cabinet full of everyone's files. And now I use the scanner so often that I save a whole lot less pages than I used to. I'm probably able to get my, my old trusty 32 year old set of four matching file cabinets that aren't even really full anymore. I can probably get them down to two file cabinets and I don't even know why I need that much. I really never refer to paper anymore. I really do a lot of scanning and that really is one of the best tech. That's one of the best tech things that I've, that I appreciate over the last few years is how convenient and good it is to scan. And the other thing is I have a good saving system in place that automatically backs up all of my scans. I don't have to worry that I scan something that's important and then my hard drive crashes and I never have it again. I've always got a backup. That's kind of funny. They talk about the cloud backup for all these things. And when, when, you, when you really think about it, all the cloud is is someone else's hard drive somewhere else. It's still on a drive. Hopefully it's on multiple drives because the people who charge you to store things have to make sure they don't lose your files. I use, I use the one called Google Drive every day. And that one, I actually pay to have a lot of storage space on that. It's not much. It's like $10 a month or something. And I get a terabyte of storage, something like that. And it's just so nice to know that once I've backed something up or written something in a Google Drive file, I don't have to worry about whether I saved it or whether I have a crash and it's, it's going to disappear. So there's certain things about this high tech stuff I really like. Certain things I don't like. I don't like the idea of all this AI, artificial intelligence stuff. I don't care for the robots running all these factories, but they kind of do. If you look at a picture of a, like a big Amazon warehouse, it's like 10 robots and one person uh, in charge of making sure the robots are okay. sort of strange. I do know that McDonald's has some robotic cooks that can cook all the burgers, package them, wrap them, and send the bag out. That doesn't bode well for, you know, the basic workforce, especially, you know, young people rely on those kind of jobs for their first job. So I'm not big on all the high tech, but I do like scanners. I like cloud storage. And I really like the photo things like Lightroom and Photoshop, even though I'm not very good at them. They really are fun when I finally have time to work with them. They're a lot of fun. Amazing what they can do.
So wrapping up another session of business buzz. This has really been uh, relaxing for me. It's I'm just kind of winging it. I didn't plan anything. I didn't print much. I have a couple printouts that I've got in my hand that I'm thinking about looking at. Since we only have a few minutes left, I think I will. You know, one of my pet peeves, well, actually, I'm kind of glad about it. The fact that the silver price has been manipulated downwards for over 100 years is actually kind of nice. It allows people like me and you and regular people to actually buy some at a reasonable price. So I shouldn't complain that it's still low, but every other commodity right now is hitting all-time highs. Nickel, zinc, natural gas, oil's almost up at an all-time high. I don't know. I don't pay attention to those markets that much. But when you have a very important commodity with high demand and low supply, and it's trading at one half of its all-time high from 40 years ago, it's pretty much the investment of the century. In my opinion, this is not financial advice. I'm just a CPA who mainly does income taxes. I am not your financial advisor. And I really wouldn't take money for that kind of advice because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how long it's going to take for silver to reach its true value. I have no idea. I thought it would be about 10 years ago, but I was wrong again. But I don't think I'm wrong in the fact that it's going to happen. I just think I'm wrong with the timing. So the the reason these fake markets are allowed to continue with no real what's called price discovery, which is the goal of markets, in a free, fair market, you, price discovery would always have the correct price that day because that would be the price that a willing buyer and a willing seller agree to sell and buy. That's what a fair price is. We don't have fair pricing, especially in the investment world. We have manipulated, computer-driven, fake prices. And if you notice, the prices that they want you to get your money into are all the paper prices of fake things. And the place that's supposed to monitor these markets so that you and I get fair, you know, real market pricing, price discovery, they call it. That's called the CFTC, the Commodities Futures Trading Commission. So they have some new uh, commissioners. The Commodities Futures Trading Commission, CFTC, will feature its, quote, most diverse set of commissioners in the agency's history. After the confirmation of four nominees to vacant board seats, and this was a couple weeks ago. The Senate unanimously approved the appointments of Christy Goldsmith Romero, Kristen Johnson, Summer Mersinger, and Carolyn Pham. So I think we got four women to serve as commissioners at the derivatives market regulator. Romero and Johnson filled Democratic openings while Mersinger and Pham are Republicans. Senator Debbie Stabenow, Michigan Chairwoman of the U.S. Senate Committee on Agriculture, lauded the historical significance. So the point of this article is 
it's almost a, I mean, I'm reading it, but I'm doing it tongue in cheek because the point is all four of these people come directly from the crooked bankrupt banks that basically run the financial markets. They come from JP Morgan, Citibank, uh, I can't remember exactly. This article didn't give me all the bio details, but I, I did read those. And uh, So honestly, when you look at the government on something like a commodities CFTC commission, you're truly looking at the absolute perfect definition of fox guarding the hen house. These are people that are told what to do by the banks that they used to work for. And now they're the commissioners of the, quote, regulators. Now, they'll regulate me and you. If I go in and, you know, overdo it or I go in and try to, you know, I go try to day trade and do something. And if I do something wrong or if I start up a, if I decide I want to start up a cryptocurrency, oh, they'll, they'll regulate me. They'll regulate you, but they will not regulate the bankers themselves, who are the ones doing all the crime, I'll just say it, crimes. It's so crooked, it's unbelievable. And the fact that they would have commissioners that used to work at these banks become the commissioners of the CFTC, that's exactly what we're talking about. This whole problem with our government is that it's been infiltrated by people who are not truly looking out for the best interests of you and me. And that's every department. It's the education system. It's definitely the medical system. We found that out in the last couple of years. It's definitely the education system, the medical system, the financial system, all the regulatory agencies like this CFTC. It's the, it's the security system. It's the FBI Every part of our, every part of our system is corrupt and it's just amazing, but they let us, they let us have our little $15 an hour minimum wage and you know the story. Anyway, I'm rambling again, but that's just the way I feel. This financial markets are just crazy. I would never be a stockbroker if the if the powers that be decide they don't want the stock market to be high, it'll, it'll drop. Like I told you before the Oh nine stock crash, it bottomed out at six, six, six. That was the, the low number of the S and P 500. And believe me, things like that are not accidents. So that's the kind of people we're dealing with. And that's why, I'm a I'm a CPA. I'm regulated by the State Board of Accountancy. I do my education. I do my license. I file all my taxes on time. Obviously, you have to to be a CPA and to be trusted by your clients, which is that part of it's fine. What gets me is that me and the little guys are regulated, but the big boys are not regulated. They're actually appointing the regulators. And that's the part that I don't that I just don't like. How it gets fixed, I'm not sure. I'm a little too old to worry about the next 50 years, but I do worry about the next 20. So we'll just see how it goes. 
Thanks for listening to my rambling. This is Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Another episode of Business Buzz is now behind us. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week. Tune in weekdays at 7.30 for Focus on the Family, here on KKXX. Reason to believe. The evidence. Exhibit F2. To believe your brain could have evolved by random chance takes a lot of blind faith. The human brain is the most complex organ in the known universe. It contains more than 30 billion special cells known as neurons. And there are another 250 billion special cells that facilitate communication between the neurons. And incredibly, every one of the 30 billion neurons is connected to the other neurons in a staggering degree of complicated connections. In less than a second, your brain can calculate the trajectory of a football thrown at 30 miles an hour toward you without warning. In a moment, your brain calculates your position and the ball's ultimate trajectory and sends detailed electronic messages to the muscles in your arms and legs at more than 300 miles a second to move you into position to catch the ball. No computer on earth can do that. With that kind of evidence, what do you think? Could the human brain have evolved simply by random chance? Documentation found in the book, The Signature of God by Grant R. Jeffrey. You're listening to Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM.
KKXX, Paradise, K280GL, Chico, and K283AR, Chico, Yuba City, Marysville. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters reporting. Moderna hopes to offer updated COVID boosters in the fall that combine its original vaccine with protection against the Omicron variant. Correspondent Julie Walker reports. Current vaccines are all based on the original coronavirus. Before the latest threat came along, Moderna was studying a combination shot that added protection against an earlier variant named Beta. The company says people given that produced more antibodies capable of fighting several variants, including Omicron, than regular booster triggers. While the antibody increase was modest, Moderna's goal is to produce a combo shot that specifically targets Omicron. While the data hasn't been vetted by independent experts, the company says these results really give us hope. I'm Julie Walker. Meanwhile, reaction is still coming into yesterday's ruling by a federal judge in Florida voiding the national mask mandate. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says the public health guidance is clear, even if a judge says otherwise. I would dispute the notion that people are confused. Um, We are here to alleviate their confusion, right? So the CDC continues to uh, advise and recommend masks on airplanes. We're abiding by the CDC recommendations. The president is, and we would advise all Americans to do that. Some public transit riders have different ideas. Dan Kleiman says it was nice to ride on Amtrak maskless. Felt a little bit like a taste of normal, and it was a lot more comfortable and a lot more pleasant. I think everybody was ready for it. The ruling gives airports, mass transit systems, airlines, and ride hailing services the option to keep mask rules or ditch them entirely, resulting in rules that vary by city and mode of transportation. On Wall Street, the Dow by 499 points. The Nasdaq rose 287. The S&P advanced 78. More on these stories at townhall.com. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For a free quote, call 800-523-3771. That's 800-523-3771. 800-523-3771. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Here's the Wall Street Business Report. The International Monetary Fund has downgraded the outlook for the world economy this year and next, blaming Russia's war in Ukraine. Beyond its immediate and tragic humanitarian impact, the war will slow economic growth and increase inflation. IMF Chief Economist Pierre-Olivier Gorinches says that the Ukraine war is disrupting global commerce and pushing up oil prices. Johnson & Johnson is suspending sales forecasts for its COVID-19 vaccine. The move comes just a few months after the healthcare giant predicted the shot could bring in as much as $3.5 billion this year. J&J says a surplus of supply and demand uncertainty have clouded the picture. 
That's correspondent Rich Thomason. On Wall Street, the Dow was up 499 points at the closing bell. And the NASDAQ up 237. The S&P 500 gained 70 points. For the Wall Street Business Report, I'm Bob Agnew. News and analysis at townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. Soon, the Supreme Court will make its historic decision on abortion in the Dobbs versus Jackson case, one that could overturn Roe v. Wade. What will the verdict mean, and how should we respond as emotions run high? As Christians, we need to be ready, and Focus on the Family can help you prepare. Starting May 2nd, we'll share inspiring stories from people who face their own pro-life moments and experience God's love. To learn more, go to FocusOnTheFamily.com slash moment. The following program is sponsored by Focus on the Family and is supported by the prayers and financial gifts of wonderful friends.